Hello, Vanderpump Robs listeners. I have an announcement for you. Some of you may already know that when you join the Vanderpump Robs Patreon, you get full-length and ad-free episodes, in addition to a bevy of other fun features. But today, Peter Madrigal is joining me once again, so I figure why not celebrate by keeping this entire episode outside of the paywall. You're welcome. See, I started the Vanderpump Robs Patreon to help build a community and pay the bills. But there are added bonuses for you, the listener. The biggest update is that once I start covering the new season of Winter House, I'll also be releasing Patreon-only bonus episodes in addition to all of the other great features you get at patreon.com slash VanderpumpRobs. So if you're on the fence, I highly suggest you check it out. For less than the cost of a pump teeny, you can gain access to a whole lot of fun. That site, one more time, is patreon.com slash VanderpumpRobs. Now, on with today's episode, with your pal and mine, Peter Madrigal. Oh, and one more note. Peter and I recorded this episode back in December of 2021 over a conference call because it was the safest move at the time. Now, let's get on with the show. Previously on Vanderpump Rules, playtime's over. Kentucky is not moving in, right? She's not moving in, I promise. I'm currently talking to a girl named Brittany. I'm not doing that ever again. No, he just gives them spare keys. Oh my god. Something's telling me I may or may not have a fake friend. I still have a f***ing soft spot for Kristen. There's something about her that I just can't hate. No, no, no! James, clearly, he's over the edge. I'm sorry. You are the most beautiful girl I've ever laid eyes on. Welcome to Vanderpump Robs, a sexy, unique recap podcast created by me, Rob Schulte. Today we're getting wild, because it's a full moon, and I've got some howling to do. Peter Madrigal will be joining me soon, but first, let's recap Season 4, Episode 2, New Blood. It's a beautiful day in West Hollywood, 82 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, and our good friend Lisa Vanderpump casually introduces us to the newest member of our cast, La la. But LVP's got no time to chit chat because our other newest cast member, Faith, is currently on a training shift with Katie Maloney. Yes, good to see you. Um, so so she's training? She's doing pretty good with the table numbers and which room is what. Where's table seven? Table seven? In here? No, no. Table seven. Table seven. Right there. So let's get back out there. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I'm driving that struggle bus. I own the bus. (laughs) Sheena comes in for another shift, but before any work can get done, her, Jesse, and Katie recap DJ James Kennedy's behavior at last night's decades-themed birthday party. That was so crazy, guys. How do you get that face? 
And on top of that, Sheena had to spend the last several hours texting with Kristen because James went home with Jenna. Reminder, James is not dating Jenna. He's dating Kristen. There's a bit of a moment where Lala has to take off to Italy and she explains this to Lisa. It's only going to be for a weekend and Lisa approves it. Apparently, Lala's got a modeling job. I take the job as seriously as the job is. I'm seating people at tables. I'm not performing brain surgery. So if that answers the question of if I take my job seriously. Jax shows up to the back parking lot of Sir with his new girlfriend, Brittany. Brittany is from Kentucky and is in town to visit Jax and is also contemplating moving to Hollywood. If she can get a job. So Jax decides to surprise Lisa with an interview. Whose restaurant is this? So any advice for her, for Lisa, you think? She's very intimidating. One of the first questions she's going to ask you is, you seem like a sweet girl. What are you doing with Jax? Yes. All right, enough of that. Let's go in. All right, <laughs> Lisa. Well, good luck. Good luck. Right. And just a few blocks away, Tom Schwartz is at his apartment contemplating life and preparing he and Katie's dog Gordo's birthday meal. The couple discuss the state of their relationship and the ultimatum that Katie gave Tom at the end of last season. Okay. I know I gave you that like ultimatum and, you know, everyone's been asking me about that, obviously. Oh but So we're about nine months into that six-month ultimatum that Katie gave me about getting engaged. And ironically, the more Katie's been willing to back off, the more I've wanted to get there, the more I've wanted to take it to that next level. We're thriving right now. I've been running a commitment marathon. My legs are wobbling. I know, but Katie quickly changes the subject to focus on how much worse Kristen and James' relationship is than Katie and Tom's. And while this conversation is happening, across town, Kristen confronts James on his cheating behavior and then breaks up with him. At the Surly Goat, Tom, Tom, Ariana, and Katie are all there ahead of time to catch up before the staff outing gets wild. Tom Sandoval has a lot of thoughts on the Jackson-Brittany situation. I don't care how sweet this girl is. I can't take anybody serious that dates Jax or that Jax is dating. But before Sandy can continue, Faith and Lala show up and introduce themselves to our old school pals. And there's murmurings of shit talk happening, but before it really gets anywhere, Jax and Brittany show up and the boys go order some drinks at the bar. Dude, you were f you were hammered last night. You were saying some explicit things, by the way. You're telling me about how you're going to, before you guys have sex, you make her put on Commerce All-Stars, get her feet extra stinky, no socks in the Commerce All-Stars, maybe walk around the block, and then you can shove them in your I mouth. like her feet really stinky. And not only do I like feet, but I like them a little bit dirty. <clears throat> Moving on. Back at the table, Katie is giving Lala the third degree about going to Italy after just starting at Sir, as if it's any of Katie's business. Because it seems a bit harsh, considering it doesn't affect Katie whatsoever. But hey, I wasn't there. All I know is what I see on the screen. And while the staff parties... Former Sir employee Kristen pours herself an afternoon glass of wine while lounging on the couch. But of course, James has to show up and ruin her chill hang. James admits to 100% making out with Jenna after Sheena's party. Kristen then presses him for more information, as if that will help. But James lets Kristen know 
that making out was as far as it went, and that he and Jenna definitely did not have sex. The truth is, you know, Jenna and I were definitely boning. I promise you I didn't have sex with her. I've never had sex with anybody but you in the whole relationship we've been together or not together. I haven't. I still want you to be my girlfriend, Kristen. I want you to be my girlfriend again. James decided to have the balls to tell me the truth, which proves to me that he wants to work on this. Seems like there's drama every day in West Hollywood. Tom and Ariana head to the Joneses to find some new furniture. It's like saging an apartment, but with comfy cushions. When you're buying a couch, it's not about knowing your budget. It's about knowing yourself. We're adulting right now. We are. While lounging, Ariana brings up the drama of Sheena and Kristen. Kristen, of course, used to be Tom Sandoval's girlfriend before she cheated on him with Jax. Uh, feel free to go back to season one, season two, season three to catch up on all that drama. Ariana wants to state, for the record, that she will never cut Sheena out of her life, but does know that if Sheena wants to continue to hang out with Kristen, she's going to see less of Ariana. After the sun goes down. Lisa returns to Sir and is pleasantly surprised that Faith is on it and working hard as a new server. Katie pulls Sheena to the side to complain about Lala, and Sheena is all about the gossip. As predicted by Ms. Vanderpump, Lala will have an uphill battle fitting in at the restaurant, especially when Katie suggests that her and Sheena go ask Lala about her modeling job in Italy. They don't buy it. Is it for like a magazine or like it's a designer? I have a lot of friends that are models who are actually from Europe and who have agencies from there. And I mean, I think Italy is like crawling with like supermodels. I don't. Are you calling me that I could never be a supermodel, Katie? Of course, Lala's lying. She admits to it. She just wants to take a trip because someone's going to pay for it. And ultimately, Lala asks Katie and Sheena not to tell Lisa. After this, everyone's back-to-work waiting tables, except Sheena wants to immediately pivot to Kristen shit-talking with Ariana at the sidebar. Let's, let's really think about this, okay? All that last summer where she, like, facilitates this psychopath chick coming oh, in I know. here. To my place of work, cool. She also punched people at your birthday last year. She, I mean, she's done not and only... At the wedding. Oh, and at the wedding. <laughs> I think she's taking advantage of you in a way, too. Sheena tells Ariana that she's going to meet with Kristen and let her know that she doesn't appreciate the hot, cold nature of the friendship. So at Sheena's apartment, inside we see that she's decorated her walls with fantastic photos from her wedding to Michael Shea. And in no time at all, Kristen and her get down to business. Sheena doesn't appreciate the unkind words Kristen called her in text messages and tries to help Kristen understand how Everyone on the outside perceives Kristen's relationships. I'm just saying, it is a common trend with you and Jax and you and or James you and you like and the guys that you bang. me for everything. Kristen, guys that I bang? James you, has been my boyfriend for a year and a half. How do you have like, no self-awareness that you can't understand that you're the problem a lot of the times? To be fair, James fucked up. Kristen isn't helping the situation at all, and Sheena holds firm on how tough it is to be Kristen's friend. Okay, 
This recap was a lot, but did I miss anything? Let me know at Vanderpump Robs on Instagram or by leaving me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. After the break, Peter and I talk about all the stuff that he wanted to bring to the table about this episode. We'll be right back. Hi, Craig here from the Bachelor Masters podcast. Do you watch the Bachelor shows ironically, like we do? Do you think critically about the socio-political ramifications of what occurs in the shows, like we do? If so, we're the podcast for you. We, the Bachelor Masters, combine deep dives into the show's problems with jokes and even some sound effects to deliver what we think is a well-rounded podcast you'll enjoy after every episode. So give us a listen, as ironically as you want, on your favorite podcast app. That's The Bachelor Masters, a bridge burner podcast. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. If you listened to last episode, you know already that I'm here with a co-host, and his name is Peter Madrigal. Peter, how's that eggnog? Oh, well, so here's the thing. I do, I do eggnog with coffee. I like to mix it in with Ooh. my coffee in the morning. Me too. I like to get that, uh, I like to get that um, almond milk nog to put in there my coffee, because then, uh, then I save the bourbon. For the, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the thick boy nog, you know? Well, I do, but last time I was doing eggnog with some brandy. Which Ooh. is like, oh, 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 bring it in the season, baby. <laughs> Santa <laughs> Peter bringing presents early this year. <laughs> I don't know well, about his presents. You know, well, the presence of being on this podcast. How about that? There you go. No. Now, Peter, we realized last episode that like uh, intros might be kind of fun if you have just a nugget of general memories of Vanderpump Rules that don't have to necessarily be from season four. Is there anything that you always think back to like, oh, God, the first day I met so and so or the pride parades were always a lot more work than they should have been? Actually, you know what's funny is that I, I, well, one of the, one of the seasons that we always play at Sir is season one, right? And looking back on that, kind of look back on season one and where my headspace at was that when I was younger, it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly evolving. We're constantly changing. It's a constant evolution going through this period we call time, life. And- True. We're all shouting out 10 minute cameos to people. Just trying to figure out who we are. I still need to see that uh, cameo. But before we get into that, um, last episode we talked about how Bale was like kind of a fake person. And that stood out to me how my youth kind of got in the way of, you know, the way I think about, the way I talk about things and the way I go about things. Um, one thing that popped in my mind was uh, being accused of the Chippendales dancer in Las Vegas. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know what's funny is that you know through celebrity slots I met a bunch of the guys from Thunder from Down Under and I joked with Schwartz because Schwartz was always like 
the longest time Schwartz was like, I'm gonna be your manager, Peter, get you on the Chippendales. You know, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Vegas. We're gonna drop this abandoned for rules restaurant life, and we're gonna go to Vegas and you're gonna become a Chippendales dancer. I'm gonna manage your career. <laughs> and that comes from that from that random lady sitting right next to me at Chippendales. It was all like, wait, you're a dancer. You're a t- I know you are. And me, vehemently denying it, right? <laughs> looking back on it, I, was, I, I like, looking like, now that I'm mature, because that, that was a 27, 28-year-old Peter, and I didn't know how to respond to some of this stuff, you know? The only things I knew was college <laughs> at that time and managing a restaurant, which I was very green at at that time as well. You know, I'm, I'm, I barely became the manager at Sarah six months before we started filming. And so, like, I just didn't know how to react. I was like, uh, and I'm looking back on my face, and I'm just like, Peter, I, I'm trying to channel my inner Vince McMahon. <laughs> uh, avoid that limousine there, Peter. I mean, Vince McMahon. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at, I'm looking at some of the stuff that I've done, and I'm like, ah, Peter, you're a dumbass. You know, older Peter criticizes younger Peter. If I can go back and talk, I can go back specifically to, to for a few things, and I'll review some of these things as we go on throughout this season. But yeah, uh, with this with this one, it's like I want to yell at myself. I want to build a time machine and go back and tell myself a few things. Well, we are our worst critics, Peter. I know we are. Yeah. So I want to go if I could go back in time. I go back to specific moments of my life. I love this one and then a few others throughout these last, this last decade. And I tell myself, just like with Vale on the last episode, I've been like, come here, come here. As I'm walking, because I, I, where we filmed, I walked to it. I didn't have to drive. I walked across the street to where we filmed for that nail scene. I would stop myself and be like, look, she's going to fuck with you. And this time, I would have told my younger self, dude, just admit, you're a goddamn fucking Chippendales dancer. Sorry for ranching and screaming, okay? <laughs> ranching and raving, but it's the truth. It's you true. Know? I look back on some of my stuff and I'm just like, what the fuck was he thinking? Hey, at least you have the strength to like uh, say that to yourself and then move on. What in this episode, what is like underlined three times? What had in your notes, what had the most exclamation points that you wanted to talk about in this episode? So one thing that stood out to me was for the longest time, Diana and I were the only managers there at Sir. And we started bringing on more. We, we made uh, Monica a manager. As you know, things progressed in my career and things progressed in the, uh, as far as the show goes. I needed more coverage, you know what I mean? Because, like, you know, um, one thing that stood out to me in season three was that, or in season two, was that I was, and I'll get into those, like, you know, later on, but I wasn't able to come to as many events because I'm constantly at Sir and I'm constantly working, you know? And it was, uh, it was tough for me to get off. So we brought in a couple more assistant managers so I could, like, you know, be at these events and shoot uh, the these certain scenes. Yeah, and it's funny because right now at Sir, it's back to where it was pre-season four. One manager, or like a couple managers, you and Dane. It's just me and Diana again. Yeah, all the rest of them have left. You know, which might answer a lot of questions people have been having about the most recent season. 
because you've got a lot of responsibilities at the freaking restaurant. Exactly. I mean, for a while there, we're shooting this, we're, we're, we're recording this in, uh, on December the, the 8th. So by December 16th till the middle of January, I'm going to be the only. So it's going to be like six days a week for me, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a lot, you know, but I've done that before. I have. Uh, years ago, I have, you know, uh, if, if you notice in the first episode of, uh, of this season, there was a woman who walked by named Brooke. She was, she, we had finally brought on someone else to help with the responsibilities. But I remember being like, wow, this is like, uh, this is interesting. Looking back on it, you know, like, you know, Diana's in the scene or the planets, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think we should just, because it's not a huge thing in this episode. I remember it being much more sensationalized when I watched it for the first time. But, like, new blood, new character. La La Kent is now a host. And, yeah. sir. It's all right. It's fine. It's not just showing people to a table. Well, you don't know what I mean. Here's the thing. If you don't know the system of, of the restaurant, the specific restaurant you're working at, uh, just telling people where to sit is going to fuck up everything. Exactly. I mean, you have to, here's the thing. Number one, you have to know the table numbers, all right? Number two, you have to know who, like, who you just sat. Because you don't want to double, triple stack. Let's say you, like, I have one, one server in the main room. And there's, like, five oh. rooms. <laughs> there's a hostess. You're like, oh, I'm going to sit them in the main room. I just keep on sitting them there. And before you know it, the main room's open. And none of the other servers are doing anything, just twiddling their thumbs. I'm sorry. You're yeah. not even where you sat the last person. Because if you can't recognize where you sat the last person, and you keep on sitting the, the, that certain server, they're going to get overwhelmed and they're going to get pissed off. I've had that happen before where they can't figure out that they just sat that particular rate. And not only that, the uh, other servers who are there to work and get tips are not getting any tables. So they're going to be pissed. You can't win if you're just well, no, like. They're not going to get pissed because we pulled. Oh, that's right. You guys do pool. So the only person that's going to get pissed is the person who has to work all night and then give up a portion of their tips to everyone. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Well, now, I, hey, just so you know, everyone who goes to eat at Sir now, add that extra 5% onto your tip because you know it's going to everyone. You know? you know, see that's Peter working as a manager of a restaurant. This is me working as a as a producer who doesn't have to do that. Yeah, oh, man. So you have you have like Ella, uh, Lala talking about how oh it's not rocket science. Well, kinda it's not rocket science, but it kinda is a science. I mean, you ha- you don't just go into a restaurant, you know, not have to do anything. You have to like really know your stuff. I totally, totally believe you. I mean, I've washed dishes. My first job ever was a dishwasher at a Mexican restaurant in Kansas. So I, no I bet you can uh, guess how much dried cheese was on those plates. But I can only imagine the thing looming in the room, the breaking of the fourth wall in the room was like, well, she's probably already con- contractually obligated to do these days for the TV show. And She's probably already worked in that she's going to go to Italy for one weekend, but we still need to make it work for the TV show a little bit. <laughs> she was so brand new that I had no idea who she was other than like the new host. So, okay. you know, and, and yeah, so I really didn't get to know her, know her, you know, so, you know, 
you got to realize that me, Shina, Stasi, et cetera, we've been, we were around at this point in time, we were around years together. Yeah, years. that's true. That's true. You're talking 2008. Katie came into the picture in 2009. You wow. see what I mean? It was years. We didn't start shooting this TV show until 2011, 12, around there. Years, okay? Four or five years. So we had history. Like me, and then at that point in time, me as uh, as management, I really didn't get to know anybody because I, I'm like running around. Well, working. and I'm sure in that industry, people come and go all the time. Exactly. I remember and, when I first uh, became a server there, this was 2000, the tail end of 2008, we had a couple of servers come and go. And I already knew how to bartend. I had bartended before, so I already knew how to do that. So I was all like, look, I, I'll be more loyal to this place. Uh, 13 years later, I'm still there. I was all like, I'll be more loyal to this place than some random servers that you can bring up. I'll, let me let me serve. And, and then they made me a server. JP left and they made me a manager in 2010. You know, so Damn. I had to, you know, I worked my way up. But the fact of the matter is, is that uh, because I've been there for so long, I, I really don't get to know people until, you know, a few weeks down the road. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's I totally, cool. I really do. Hey, uh, before we move on to the next section, I do want to mention that, like, hey, uh, uh, the homie Jesse's getting a couple of scenes. I love Jesse. He's like the only person that does my hair. He's been doing. He's been cutting my hair for years. He's I the need, only one that's ever cut my hair. <laughs> Peter, I need a haircut, and if I can squeeze in, I went to the Eagle Rock Barber, and they were great in a pinch. I need someone who knows how to do hair. Oh yeah, he's he's uh yeah he he's the only one that's uh. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you got the locks, man. You got the locks. Let's chat about something I found. It blew my mind. Okay, hmm. a lot of people cheat on this show. A lot of people have relationships hanging together by a thread. Mm. And we talked about James and Kristen's volatility last episode. Uh, and everyone knows it's coming to an end. And of course, with James and your revelation waiting for the Uber next to the Jenna, who James hooked up with or whatever, which we find out this episode. I don't think I've ever seen another point where you're cutting between talking heads and the lie. And the person is just owning the lie. Be like, what do you, what am I going to do? Like, make her feel like shit in the moment when she already feels terrible. Also, I don't want to have that conversation and be there all day, but we were definitely boning. So, so here's the thing. God damn. I don't remember how crazy this environment was. Okay. <laughs> I have so many stories. Um, and I'm writing a book, actually. No, oh, I gotta get back. I gotta get back to writing. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. God, I'm look, looking back on this thing, I I remember how crazy this environment was. I remember how the whole restaurant, you know, it, it permeated this the, this environment. It just made everything so hyper aggressive, and uh, and I was always trying to like calm everything down. There was a, I think that was Jackson James arguing. Yeah, that was the last episode. And I had to come in and try to quell the whole argument because they were talking about how, you know, uh, James. Jacks had recently uh, been dumped by Carmen. Yeah. And so, like, that whole thing was revealed. And, you know, it was, it was uh, Carmen was dating someone else. That's what happened. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm witnessing, like, I'm like running around to my Peter Rick thing. 
And then I see this whole argument happening in the hallway of Sir, and I'm literally like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I think they cut, they cut a little bit of that. They cut that out. And I was like, what's going on, guys? We got to do it. Take it outside. Right? And then James storms off. And I was like, James, are you okay? You know? And that's the only thing that they got from that whole uh, uh, back and forth, that whole conversation. But, uh, but yeah, it was very, it was, it was a very crazy environment. <laughs> Let's just yeah. put it that way. And it seems like Kristen can go from zero to a hundred in zero time, like in one oh, yeah. second, maybe. And I can understand if James was like, I was drunk and I, uh, maybe didn't think through my indiscretion as well as I should have, but, uh, we were definitely down Yes. <laughs> and uh, you could just tell he was, I don't know, it's also kind of the cringiest scene in the world because he's laying it on pretty thick that he's in love with Kristen. And you're just kind of like, can we cut to a commercial, please? Do you prefer your podcast to have solo narrators to two people telling private jokes? Are you looking for a podcast that is about true crimes and unsolved mysteries and not, I repeat, not two friends hanging out and rambling about nonsense? Do you like podcasts that stay on topic 100% of the time? If you answered yes to these questions and reenacted an unsolved mysteries podcast, it's not for you or the folks that left us those one-star reviews. We are just two pals who love the 1990s show Unsolved Mysteries and have no interest in actually solving mysteries from the episodes we watch and recap. Come get spooked with me, Robert, and my friend and relatively normal woman, Crystal, every two weeks as we talk stack, ghosts, UFOs, food, and occasionally crime on Reenacted and Unsolved Mysteries podcast. You saying relationships hanging by a thread and that kind of cut and, and the, how crazy it is kind of cuts into the next thing that I want to talk about, which is the absence, which I did that um, first episode is the absence of the ingenue of the show, as my friend Stuart Hill would say, to be Sasha Schroeder. Now, a little bit of backstory to this. Uh, back in April of 2015, um, she started dating that guy Patrick or what I, I can't remember when exactly. I don't really care. Yeah. Weirdo serious XM DJ. <laughs> Going back to hanging by a thread and how crazy the environment was. And um, she left because of how crazy the environment was. And I remember uh, that it was what, April of that year? She and I went to North Cafe at the Grove. And she was sat there. She told me exactly what she was planning on doing. She was all like, I'm moving to New York. I was like, you just give all of it up and go. She's like, yeah, I can't take this toxic environment. Anymore. And I remember saying, well, you know, good luck with that. And you're like, you know, you, I don't think you should, but okay. You know, I just, I thought that, you know, and she was very determined and she, she left. She, she's gone. Eventually, of course, in this season, she comes back, but she couldn't take the craziness of the environment anymore. She just wanted out. She was gone, you know? And I told her, I was all like, uh, I don't, uh, you know, probably shouldn't do that but whatever you know <laughs> eventually of course she came back but i mean at that point in time i didn't know who this guy patrick was but from what i heard from like katie kristen they were all like this guy's a weirdo well and like in season three stasi existed in like a, a a negative zone like and i don't mean positive negative i mean like she was never a sir Unless Lisa invited her to a meal, and then she would always just be at cafes with people. She wasn't. She was on her way out before we knew it. You know. Yeah. 
Well, that's interesting. I'm excited to see the comeback. Um, let's see here. There's, there's not. See, this is one of those episodes I like to call like the setup episode. Well, yeah, exactly. It's it was this episode was solidifying all the relationships and yes. what everyone was going through at that point in time, solidifying all of the relationships. Now, um, it didn't really dig into me and Sarah, and I'm like, I'm curious as to when, like, I'm curious to see when I start watching this again, what where that relationship was at that time, because I can't remember exactly how things were progressing, myself and her. And I do remember me hosting a little party, uh, which we'll probably get into. I don't know if they even showed it. Well, that'll be exciting to hear your side of that once we get to yeah. that episode. <laughs> um, well, I think that's a, this is a good time to stop episode two. All of these are going to end up running together, Peter. So if we missed anything this episode, I'm sure our listeners will let us know in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that we can address it. Um, yeah, exactly. I hope that we can address it. They all know, uh, you know, our the super fans, the, uh, you know, well, I don't have a nickname for my listeners yet, Peter, so we'll have to think about that. They're ready for more, and they know that you and I work on other projects, but just in case if they don't, we have another podcast called Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob, where we pick a movie, we watch it, we talk about it with our friend Rob Federick, who was the writer and director of the Riven Destiny, which has a cameo in Vanderpump Rules. So everything lives together in this Vanderpump universe. Wow. Check out Peter's Instagram. Wow. Check out my Instagram. Wow. And we'll see you all on the next episode of Vanderpump Robs. Wait, Rob? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah.